Yeah, it's been a while. It's been so long. We're sorry. Yeah, and, and now instead of just being 30 minutes away from each other, we're like five hours. Yeah, it's a bunch of bullshit. Yeah. So I was trying to record this fucking episode today. Oh my god, we've been on the phone for how long? Like 30 minutes trying to get this shit to work. Yeah. Yeah. It has been not the best, but I think we figured it out. Yeah, I think so. But you know what? We are coming in with a bang today. Yeah, pretty pretty significant bang. But first, we need to do a little bit of housekeeping. Yeah. Actually, first, I want to ask you how you're doing. Oh, um, I'm doing good. I am adjusting. Yeah, definitely adjusting. And being here by myself right now kind of sucks. And Cody won't be back till Saturday. I'll come up there and be your Cody. Okay, well, can you be here, like, now? <laughs> yeah, I'll learn how to teleport. Just get on your broom. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry if there's any echoes or if you hear me shout you what the fuck, because I happened to close escrow today and was given the keys to a house that needs a little TLC, and the people who lived here before were nasty, and there's <laughs> bugs. Yeah. They just, like, they stopped taking care of the place as soon as I made an offer. That's disgusting. So it was, like, food all over, and they're, like, my age. Gross. Yeah, so um, I lifted up, like, a, a sink catcher thing when I was just playing around when I got here, and out came, like, five bugs. Ugh. Yeah. Oh, God. You may just hear weird noises in the background of my recording because I am currently living in a fourplex apartment that has shared Wi-Fi and is very close to a main street, so... She really lives in a haunted house now. It's not... I have to sleep here by myself tonight. Why would you say something like that? I'm sorry. My God. No, it is not haunted. The lights just flicker when they are overstimulated. (laughs) (laughs) And... I do too, so I get it. (laughs) You know what? I would much rather have the lights flicker than what happened, was it yesterday? I think it was yesterday, happened ever again. Because I was standing in the kitchen, and one of the outlets next to me just fucking blew and sparked, and my vape charger literally shot out of the wall. (laughs) And nothing was even running except the washing machine. Welcome to spooky season. (laughs) Yeah, it is officially spooky season. (laughs) Needless to say, I was terrified and I left. (laughs) (laughs) So before we get into our super heavy hitter episode, um, we want to give a shout out to an Etsy shop that we recently ordered from. Um, Lacey and I ordered replicas of the burn bundy burn t-shirts that were worn on his execution day and we got them from the double r bazaar on etsy she also has a true crime instagram page called Dahmer's refrigerator and i just love the name so much (laughs) yeah that's pretty great (laughs) yeah so we'll have a link um to her shop and to her instagram in our little episode bio but these shirts are fucking awesome. They fit wonderfully. They're really well made. They're comfortable. They're, They're so not soft. some flimsy bullshit. No, they are so soft. 
I wear mine almost every day, and I should probably wash it, but... Mine did not shrink in the washer or dryer. It's very true to size, so order whatever size you typically are, but they're great. Yeah, I love them so much. And you don't have to support the death penalty to wear them. They're just kind of... I'm not sure. You know what? I'm not sure where I was going with that. (laughs) I almost wore mine to the gym today, and then I was like, ooh, I should probably not do that. (laughs) Yeah, I've been waiting for someone to, like, come at me a little bit sideways now that I live in a little yeehaw town. (laughs) But I I haven't yet. No, all them them yeehaws are real into the death penalty. Yeah, which is kind of funny because I'm... I'm really not, but because I do believe that Bundy was an animal that needed to be put down, I can't say that I'm not for the death penalty. I just think he is the only exception regarding, you know, if we abolish it, he's the only one who actually needed to be put to death because he would have continued escaping and hurting others. So you're not pro-death penalty? I'm not pro-death penalty, but I feel like I can't say that I am, honestly, just because I do say, I do feel that Bundy should have been put to death. Yeah, I think it should be used in extreme cases where it's warranted, and that's it. Yeah, because there's there's too many innocent people who are put to death, and the injustices typically sway towards men of color. Yeah. When it comes to innocent people putting to death, I mean, look at the Central Park Five and our joke of a president demanding that they be put to death, and they were innocent the whole time. Yeah. Um, also, I'm just going to apologize right now on a little bit lighter note. If you hear crinkling in the background, it's because I have the munchies and I'm eating some smart sweets. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I'm on my second Two Towns Cider House, so bear with me. If you guys have not tried Two Towns Cider House... Hard cider. You have got to do it. They are so good. And they have pineapple, and this one is Marionberry. Just a little little favorites shout out. We're not sponsored by them at all. We're not, but if they would like to sponsor me, I will gladly accept any offerings. Yes. Um, Right now, we're actually, we don't have any sponsors, so if there's any products or anything that we're all about and recommend that you try there because we actually use them in our day-to-day lives yes i um use this hard cider in my day-to-day life (laughs) (laughs) and these um smart sweets i use those daily also yes (sighs) should we get into this nonsense we should um i just thought we should start this episode off on a little bit of a lighter note because shit's gonna get pretty intense pretty quickly yeah and uh I really hope that everyone's titties are strapped firmly and that you have your butts held on to because this is probably going to be a three or four parter. Yeah, and I'm going to be real honest here and give credit where credit is due. Brittany did all the research for this episode. Like, I'm not kidding. I'm staring at a Google Doc right now that is 11 pages long. She put in some work because I've been so busy. haven't been able to contribute, but she's been great. I don't really know what to say. I feel like a vending machine that won't take a wrinkled dollar. <laughs> and she also just bought her first house, so random applause. Yay. I'm scared. You're great. 
also I I think that I blamed moving like the first move I blamed that on myself gaining all the weight that I lost but I think it was all the stress eating that I did while I was researching this because <laughs> researching this case made me real stressy and depressy. <laughs> I had a lot of cheesecake while reading and watching documentaries and having just absolute banana bananas dreams. I don't know where I'm going with this. <laughs> Oh boy. Okay. Um, yeah, we this will be even, fun. We haven't even told them what we're doing. Oh my oh, gosh. Oh yeah. We posted. You... Well, we posted that picture on Instagram of a bunch of bee butts, and that was yeah. Like no over one got a week it. Ago. <laughs> so, <laughs> so this episode's on Bumblebutt, which is the nickname we have given to. Um, well, we we haven't given him the nickname. Oh well. He he gave himself that nickname. Yeah, that's we're, true. We're talking about Edmund Kemper, mm-hmm. a.k.a. the co-ed killer. And Bumblebutt comes from him saying that he was a bit of a Bumblebutt. Yeah. And one reason why he may be a bit of a Bumblebutt is because he is 6 foot 9 inches tall. And I think at one point he was pushing 300 pounds. I don't know. The so only he's... thing I know about this guy is what I've seen in Mindhunter. Oh, well, um... Strap yourself in. Yeah, you guys are going to be getting my full reaction. Yeah, this will be so much fun. I'm actually excited now. Yeah. You At first I was like, fuck this, 11 pages. What did I do? Yeah, because you, you didn't really know I didn't know anything about this guy, did you? No. Yeah, I, I know nothing about him except the fact that he and his mommy had a weird relationship. Hmm, you are in for a treat. All right, well, my titties are strapped. Actually, they're not. I'm not wearing a bra. But go ahead, um, continue. Well, you can hang on to them. Okay. So Edmund Kemper III is actually one of three killers that were active in Santa Cruz, California in the early 70s. He killed six hitchhiking coeds, his mother and his mother's friend, in an 11-month period before turning himself in. His homicidal sexual urges, which he called little zapples... <laughs> Would occur following fighting between himself and his mother. And his testimony and all of the interviews, because this motherfucker likes to talk, he clearly hates his mother and blames her for his actions. He was on good terms with local police um, at the time of his crimes because he frequented the same bar that they did and often discussed his murders with them and with his victims. And Kemper is still alive. He's serving multiple life sentences in the California Medical Facility, which is located in Vacaville, California. And I read three books um, to get most of my sources and then some websites and a lot of documentaries. So where I got most of my information is The Co-Ed Killer by Margaret Chesney. Which is a really good book, but it's very dated, so there's some stuff in there that I was like, whoa, lady, chill the fuck out. <laughs> and then I also got a little bit of information from the big book of serial killers by Jack Rosewood. I think there's like four pages on him in that. And then there's an hourly history book that is on Ed Kemper called Edmund Kemper, The Life of the Co-Ed Killer. And that one, there were a couple things that were incorrect, like... Um, he turned himself in in Pueblo, Colorado, not Pueblo, California. 
and they mentioned California in the book. So there's stuff like that that you kind of just have to like double check on. Okay. So Ed Kemper was born. Well, I also did all the double checking for you, so you don't have to double check yourself. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you. Ed Kemper was born on December 18th, 1948. He was arrested April 24th, 1973, and his crime spree went from 1972 to 1973, but he committed his first murders in 1964. Um, he was the middle child and the only son born to Clarnell and E.E. E. Kemper, who was Edmund Kemper II. And according to Ed, Clarnell was a man-hater. She was emotionally abusive, and E.E. E. even said that military life didn't compare to life with Clarnell. And I think I read a quote, a quote somewhere where he preferred jumping out of helicopters than living with her. Oh, shit. <laughs> so uh, she's a little, little spicy. Yeah. She's um, while I was scrolling, it jumped right back up to the top of the page. <laughs> um, so, Clarnell was really strict with Ed and kinder to the girls, and E.E. E. was the more passive parent, which pissed Clarnell off. She was worried about Ed getting too much affection because she believed that it would make him soft and, in her words, turn him gay. And Lacey has the Google Docs open... <laughs> She has the notes that I wrote, and she added bitch after that. <laughs> I told her this whole time I was just going to be randomly adding it into the end of the sentence she was reading. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> I might just, instead of even announcing it, I might just say it. Just say bitch. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks, strap in your titties. Here's my touch on the episode. <laughs> This is your research now. Yes. <laughs> uh, make sure you scroll with me because I, I don't want to be reading something and then it'd be like, just kidding, we're going back to page one. <laughs> I'm not, I'm scrolling. Okay. Um, so around the age of eight is when Ed's fascination, I said that all wrong, fascination with death and sex developed. And he was known to mutilate his daughter, his daughters, his sister's <laughs> dolls, and kill animals. That's not funny either way. I don't know why I'm laughing. Because <laughs> eight-year-olds can't have daughters. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so when he was eight, he, I think it was around eight, he buried the family cat alive. Then after it died, he dug it up, cut off its head, and then kept said head in his room. And <gasps> oh, I guess I should probably God. start warning before I read these things. And um, at the very end, I'm going to do a more whimsical case, which is still, it still involves death. You know what? Instead of having to like whimsical. warn them every time we say something or you say something really morbid, we're just going to give a general warning for this whole episode that nasty shit's going to come out of her mouth. And if you don't like it, you should just turn this off right now. Yeah, you should listen to something else. Yeah, that's what other our podcasts are there. That's our warning. So, what's a good one to recommend that's not about true crime? Uh, not about true crime? Oh. I have some, but I can't think of them offhand. The only podcast I listen to besides and that's why we drink is Guys We Fucked. 
Yeah, listen to guys. No, guys, we fucked pretty, pretty <laughs> dirty too, just not gruesome. Yeah, well, it's not morbid. So, it's just very sexually inappropriate. My favorite. Yeah. Okay. We saw them okay. live. I can't believe that. What? Oh yeah, we did. They were so yeah. nice. That was the Bridget Bishop tour. We saw them in Sacramento. It was a good yeah, night. on opening night. Some funny it was shit. Wonderful. Yeah, All right. I love them. All right. Let's okay. Continue. So, as a child, Ed was frequently bullied due to his size and his timidness. Which, I mean, I kind of get it, even though I'm not tall and not big and not timid. I get it. <laughs> Kids are assholes. Um, so eventually, Clarnell and E.E. E. separated, and Clarnell took the kids and moved to Montana. Montana. Yeah, and Clarnell forced Ed to sleep in the basement. You know what? She has a horrible name, and she's a horrible, horrible person. Yeah, but part of me, with how much he blames her, I'm kind of like, well, how horrible was she? Hmm, true. But, I mean, she was afraid of him. Yeah, so he must have given her a reason to be. Yeah. I mean, he killed their family cat. Yeah, I'd be afraid of my kid, too. Yeah, she must have had some sort of idea. I mean, how do you parent that? Well, Clarnell thought you lock them in a basement, and if you give them too much affection, then they'll be soft and be (laughs) gay. My kid pinched his brother. Yeah, my kid killed our cat and cut its head off. Oh, he he does more eventually. He does more as a child, actually. Oh, God. Okay. All right. Let's continue. Okay. Around age 13, Ed went to Southern California to live with E.E., but not before killing another family cat (laughs) in a more brutal way. So I'm warning this one especially just because it's related to animals. He cut off the top of its skull. And stabbed it multiple times. Oh. And then he buried most of the cat's remains in the backyard, but kept some parts in the closet. Oh. And Clarnell, Clarnell found the remains while he was gone, but he's denying involvement, which I'm like, okay, so who put them there? The cat part fairy? Oh my god, that's disgusting. Yeah, a little. And I, I just, I really want to know how you deny that. Yeah, you, you can't. I mean, you can deny weed in your room by saying it's not yours, but... Yeah. The family cat? You can't... Yeah. Huh. My god, I am so sorry if you can hear my upstairs neighbors. Sounds like they're square dancing. <laughs> <laughs> Yeehaw! <laughs> so when when Ed went to Southern California to live with E.E., E.E. had remarried by then, and Ed's stepmother was so uncomfortable with his presence that she demanded almost immediately that he go back to Montana. Oh, shit. So, I'm starting to think that maybe Clarnell had a had a reason to be afraid of him, but I don't condone her locking him in a basement. Yeah. Hard pass. So, per Chesney, um, because when I was trying to look for other things, they I couldn't find any other sources that mentioned this, but Chesney's book apparently has a lot of information that came from Ed's mouth. So she wrote that in 1963, Ed ran away from Clarnell and then went back to E.E. 
and shortly after Christmas time, they went to North Fulk, California to visit um, grandparents Edmund and Maud, but then just left him there. Oh. Yeah. So um, North Fulk is roughly three hours east of Santa Cruz. I tried to figure out, like, miles and exactly how long that really is, but this is California, and if you're not from here, trying to gauge how long in hours it takes you to get from point A to point B in most areas is a fucking joke. Yeah, it's impossible. Like, in LA, you're like, oh, I'm going five miles, that will take ten minutes. No, you're gonna be there, like, three hours and two tanks of gas later. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So... Clarnell reportedly called E.E. when she found out that Ed had been dropped off with Edmund and Maude and stated, He's a real weirdo. You're taking a chance leaving him with your parents. You might be surprised to wake up some morning to learn they've been killed. Oh. Which, um, spoiler alert, there's gonna be a huge fucking surprise. Turn of events in about two minutes. Oh. Yeah. Ed hated living with his grandparents. He called Edmund senile and dull, and Edmund had early stages of dementia, and Maud was another impossible bitch. And she reminded Ed of Clarnell. He said she thought she had more balls than any man and was constantly emasculating me and my grandfather to prove it. He really hates women. Yeah, he's a man's man. Yeah. Big old manly bubble butt. <laughs> so... On August 27th, 1964, when Ed was 15, is when his first murders began, or happened. Uh, he was home alone with Maud, sitting at the kitchen table, and Edmund had been out picking up groceries. Ed got up and grabbed the 22 rifle that Edmund gave him and taught him how to shoot with and told Maud that he was going rabbit hunting. And on the way out the door, Ed just stopped, turned around, and shot Maud once in the back of the head and twice in the back. And then he moved her body into her bedroom. When you said he was going rabbit hunting, I really thought he was going to leave and go kill someone else and not kill her, and he did. He did. What a bitch. He he really wasn't hunting wabbits. Oh, silly wabbits. (laughs) Um, It gets worse, so brace yourself. Oh, God. Uh, Edmund shortly returned home, and in broad daylight, Ed shot him in the back of the head in the driveway. In the driveway. This kid is this tall fucking thing and shoots his grandpa in the driveway of their house in broad daylight. So Ed drove or Ed drug Edmund's body into the garage and then hosed off the driveway and then realized he didn't know what the fuck to do. So out of everyone he calls, he calls Clarnell. Always runs no matter, mommy. Yeah, no matter how much he hates her, he goes back to her. And she told him to call the police, and he actually did. And he told the police he just wondered how it would feel to shoot Grandma. Which is, that's a really dark fucking thing to say. Yeah. So, per Ed, he only shot his grandfather to prevent him from having to see Maude's body. And he also said he was afraid that Edmund would be angry and either shoot him or beat him to death. Which, Edmund was a senile old man. Yeah, he probably would have forgotten. I'm not sure he would have shot or beat Edmund to death. Yeah. 
Um, so during this time, Ed was incorrectly diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia by a court psychiatrist. The psychiatrist noted that Ed was psychotic at the time, confused and unable to function, and deemed a danger to himself and others, and maybe a quote-unquote long-term problem. And I was looking into it. Um, all five subtypes of schizophrenia were dropped in the DSM-5, which is like the diagnostic criteria um, that psychologists and psychiatrists use for mental health. Mm -hmm. So in the previous version, the DSM-4... The following criteria need to be met to qualify for a paranoid schizophrenia diagnosis. And once I read them, from what you know of Ed so far, I want you to tell me if he actually fits this. Preoccupation with one or more delusions or frequent auditory hallucinations and the following symptoms are not prominent. Disorganized speech, disorganized or canatonic behavior, and flat or inappropriate effect. No. Yeah, he doesn't... There's nothing in his history that has, like, a preoccupation with a delusion. Yeah, and from what it sounds like, he told the cops he just wondered how it would feel to shoot grandma. That doesn't really necessarily say he was having auditory hallucinations or delusions at all. Yeah, and this criteria must be present for at least one to six months. Like, yeah, yeah he killed his family cats, but people with schizophrenia don't typically kill family cats yeah like there's other there's other mental illnesses that could potentially correlate with that behavior not necessarily cause it so you can't really use that along with shooting his grandparents to pinpoint this diagnosis yeah so he after he was diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia. Um, he was sent to Atascadero State Hospital for treatment, and Atascadero is a roughly 1,200-bed secure forensic hospital in San Luis Obispo County, and this is in California. It is an all-male psychiatric hospital, which was opened in 1954. It holds mentally ill convicts committed to psychiatric facilities by California's court system. And I'm not sure why I can't pronounce that word today, so pardon me. Mm-hmm. Um, when Ed was committed, the majority of the inmates were mentally disordered sex offenders. Mm-hmm. And today, along with said offenders, um, Atascadero treats patients committed under certain penal codes, which include them being incompetent to stand trial. Mentally ill prisoners transferred from within the California DeBitch of Corrections and Rehabilitation (laughs) System and not guilty by reason of insanity. Oh, fuck. (laughs) DeBitch. DeBitch. (laughs) Oh, that was the best. Okay, continue. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) we, We need to make that a sticker. Yeah. So, Ed spent five years in Atascadero. He took two IQ tests, and he was ranking 136 and 145, which made him intellectually gifted. Wow. And I kind of want to see what our IQs are. Oh, God, I don't want to know. Like 50? Oh, 27. That's a good number. Is it? No. Oh, okay. 
Oh shit, did you That's hear that? Yeah, is it a ghost? No, it's my stupid upstairs fucking neighbors. Oh. Sounds like somebody got shot though. Uh oh. Not my circus, not my monkeys. Let's just move on. Oh gosh, what's wrong with us? I don't know, I mean, it's not my problem. I'm not clocked in, I'm not ready to do nurse stuff. Right? (laughs) I mean, I'll call the cops if blood starts dripping through the ceiling or I smell something funny. That's a good plan. Other than that, it's not my problem. Was it just a thud? Yeah. Maybe they just dropped something. Oh. That's true. You're the logical one. Yeah. Why do I always say the wrong thing and then you point out the fact that it's really fucking twisted and makes me look like a bad person? Because I'm the grandma of the two of us. (laughs) Alright, let's continue. Okay. So, while at Atascadero, Ed was re-diagnosed with a passive-aggressive personality trait disturbance. Which sounds way, way more accurate. Yeah, I was going to say that sounds a little better. Yeah. Um... And the reason why they dropped the paranoid schizophrenia diagnosis was that he did not experience any hallucinations or delusions, and he would not have been able to organize his thoughts long enough to score such a high IQ. Hmm. Which, like, this meant, this new diagnosis meant that Ed would have a greater chance of success, what the fuck, successfully rehabilitating, (laughs) um... Which kind of at this point, the staff fucked up because they let him work in the psych lab. Oh. Where he tested other inmates. What? And assisted with interviews. Etc. And he was, you know, intellectually gifted. So he got to learn about how to get away with sexual crimes. Oh my god. And he was said to have memorized the desirable answers to 28 different tests. Wow. So he was able to, like, he was able to use his IQ to help him later on. And he was able to manipulate the system. Mm-hmm. Which we'll find out when we get real into his, uh, the co-ed murders, unfortunately. So he eventually began having violent sexual fantasies due to living among sex offenders, which it makes sense. He was 15 when he was committed to a Tascadero, and he was 15 or 16, I can't remember. And he spent five years there. Like, he spent his formative years surrounded by sex offenders. Yeah. So that's going to do a number on your development. Mm-hmm. So it, it kind of makes sense why he was... He never should have been working in the psych lab. No. Especially at such a young age. Um, he was deemed a model prisoner, which he's still deemed a model prisoner today. Um, and uh, in my notes I wrote, he's too smart for his own good and a manipul- manipulative ass bitch. <laughs> so, 12-18-1969, or December 18th, 1969, Ed's 21st birthday is when he's released. And Atascadero medical staff recommended that Ed not be released to Clarnell, which fucking surprise, he ends up back under Clarnell's care. Of course. Of course. 
even though the professionals said, don't do it, you're gonna make a big old mistake. So although Ed was 21, he didn't have any money or a job lined up. So he was unable to live independently upon his release. So at this point, he ended up back with Clarnell. So while Ed was um, incarcerated, Clarnell remarried and divorced twice. <laughs> when he got out, she was... Are you laughing? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not surprised. She, she found love. She was busy. Yeah, she was. That's okay. I wonder, I wonder if she got half of everything. <laughs> she was busy and smart. <laughs> Anywho, where was I? Oh, Clarnell was living in Santa Cruz, California when Ed was released. She was working at UC Santa Cruz as, a, as an administrative assistant, and her position would eventually aid Ed in two of his murders um, in the future. And while Ed was out, he was spending increased time at the jury room to get away from Clarnell, which was a bar frequented by off-duty cops that was near Clarnell's home. Hmm. And according to Ed, he and Clarnell fought all the time, so he spent a lot of time at the jury room. He spent so much time there that the cops eventually began calling him Big Ed. And this might make you laugh a little bit. Ed wanted to work for the highway patrol, but he, they said he was too tall. You know, I actually, um, they put that in Mindhunter. <laughs> I need to watch that. Yeah, you do. I keep telling you that. I bought the book. That's not the same. The book's real life. Yeah, you're right. You're right. But the show is yeah. fun. I know. I need to watch it. Um, so Ed eventually took a job with the Division of Highways, which... I was trying to figure out what that's called now, and I think it's Caltrans, but I don't know, so please don't quote me on it. I tried real hard to find the information. That's the closest I could come. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. And then um, Dark Twist, Ed's grandpa, also worked for the Division of Highways. Remember the, yeah. the, cute, the cute old man? Yeah. That Ed killed? Yeah. Right in the back of the head? Yeah. Yeah, that guy. He worked for, for the Division of Highways. Interesting. Believe it or not, Ed was able to move out of Clarnell's home. And he share, or he moved into a shared apartment in Alameda, which is roughly one and a half hours from Santa Cruz, which, again, it's California. So it's roughly 72 miles. So <laughs> depending on the time of day, like if you go in the middle of the night, maybe it'll take you like three hours to get there. Who knows? Yeah. Did you hear that? Kinda. Something something honked. And then I have another surprise for you. Okay. Ed had a brief Ed had a brief engagement with a sixteen year old girl. But you wouldn't know her because she goes to a different school. Oh my god. I'm sorry I had to. Wow. Yeah. But Clarnell gave him shit for being with someone so young. So kudos to her. Because they eventually broke up. But when they broke up, she continued to berate him for dating someone so young. And when he asked her to introduce him to her coworkers, she refused and apparently said, you're just like your father. You don't deserve to meet them. Okay. In the evenings and on weekends, Ed began driving all around the Bay Area 
he spent most of his time around Berkeley and Santa Cruz. And the, during all of his driving trips, he would become more and more aware of female hitchhikers and would sometimes pick them up and sometimes just fantasize. And Ew. a quote from him is that he'd fantasize about mass murder, whole groups of select women I could get together in one place, get them dead, and then make passionate love to their dead corpses. Oh my god, ew. Yep, that's what he had fantasized about while he was driving. What about fucking weirdo? Yep, it gets worse. Roughly a year or two before his murder spree began, he claims to have picked up upwards of 150 hitchhikers, and they were all women. And he didn't do anything to this group of 150. He instead used them as live practice for learning how to talk to women and how to behave to gain their trust. Like Ew. I said, he's a, he's a manipulative-ass bitch. It's disgusting. Yeah. He started keeping heavy plastic garbage bags, um, a thick blue blanket, handcuffs, and weapons in his car. Which his car was a Ford Galaxy. <laughs> in my note, I wrote Ford Galaxy LMAO. And I think it was yellow. <laughs> he is a big bumblebee. A bumblebutt. Bumblebutt. Yeah. Bumblebutt. Yellow car. Bumblebutt. Bumble, 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 butt. We're going to rewrite that song. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be a cringe fest. <laughs> it'll be great. Uh, on top of practicing interacting with women... Ed also practiced reaching over to lock the passenger door, but while he was doing this, he would drop a chapstick tube in the handle to make the door virtually impossible to open from the inside. Ew. And as he continued picking up hitchhikers, he started hiding a gun either under his legs or under his seat and would like get more and more bold with it to see if he could get away with having a gun close to him on his person without the girl that he was giving a ride to noticing. And on May 7th, 1972, after yet another fight with Clarnell, Ed went out to pick up hitchhikers, and that's when he started his murder spree, and that's also where we're gonna pick up next time. Oh shit. For Bumblebutt Part 2. Oh shit. And we're gonna get real dirty with it. Wow. That one is, that one's gonna need... A massive content warning at the beginning and we're gonna have to figure out something nice to put in between like the murders or something because I went in-depth with my research oh boy yeah I'm excited this is getting interesting yeah you were kind of being a poop and now you are not yeah I'm just I'm not trying to be a I poop I know you're overwhelmed I am with life, and I have to work in the morning, yeah. and I have to work an a.m. shift, and then a p.m. shift, and then I start my knock shifts, which is just so fucked up to do to someone. Well, that's that. Yeah, I'm real real sorry that we're stopping at kind of a cliffhanger, but I'm also not sorry. Yeah, we're not sorry. We'll record again soon. Yeah, I have to steam clean carpets tonight, and it's 8.20 right now. Oh my god, you haven't done that yet? No. Oh boy. Yeah, I gotta go to bed. I gotta get up early. Yeah, I think I'm just gonna do like the living room and then do the rest tomorrow morning or something. Yeah, probably a good idea. Yeah. So, um, we're still taking listener listener stories. Yeah. We are. Send yeah. those in. Yeah, you can also send 
suggestions, books you want us to read, well, books you want me to read, stuff you want Lacey to watch. <laughs> you know me so well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just send us send us anything. Uh, we're small enough right now where we'll interact with whoever really emails us. Unless you're trying to market shit to us, don't do that. Yeah, please That's don't. That's rude. We did get one of those emails. Yeah, please don't do that. I don't like that. Um, you can also follow us on Instagram at misdeeds underscore malark underscore. Oh my god. <laughs> Why am I so tired? I didn't do anything today. Misdeeds underscore malarkey. I guess you should also know our Gmail. Our Gmail's misdeeds period malarkey at gmail.com. Yep. And I'm also going to put all the links and all the handles and stuff in the description of the episode because I am a fucking disaster right now. So am I. It's okay. Bear with us, yeah. folks. Yeah, it's going to it's gonna get crazy again, but I really want to, and I think Lacey really wants to, too, try to get these episodes out since it's a series. Yeah. So we're doing our best, but we both have mental health issues. Yeah. So please bear with us. What's serotonin? What's that? That sounds nice. <laughs> Norepinephrine? How's that work? Huh. Huh. <laughs> Sprinkle a little of that on me. <laughs> Those are created naturally? <laughs> what? I had no idea. <laughs> I have store-bought. <laughs> I have pharmacy provided. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, and I'm really excited because um, we have a, a special Halloween episode coming out. Yes, we do. I'm excited for that um, one too. Yeah, one of one of my best friends is hopefully going to do some voice acting for us for that. I'm excited. And I'm so excited. And I'm going to try really hard to not research heavy like this one. I might just do a little bit and then tell all you sick little chicken noodles to do your own goddamn research. Yeah. We do enough for you people. Yes. <laughs> just kidding. I love you. Yeah, me too. I love all of you. And Jackie is our number one fan. Yay, Jackie. Oh, my God. I yeah. was Snapchatting her earlier. <laughs> she almost pooped her pants. <laughs> oh, sorry, Jackie. <laughs> Please leave that in. <laughs> oh, I will. Okay. <laughs> and Jackie, you need to stop taking cupcakes from strangers. Yes, and please stop drinking milk. You know it fucks up your stomach. <laughs> we do this out of out of love yeah <laughs> but after jackie took a cupcake from a stranger and Lacey and i looked at her she threw it in the trash and said hot girl summer yeah and i love her so much she wasn't even hammered like the rest of us either no and i'm gonna make a sticker with a cupcake and a banner that says hot girl summer yes i'm so excited all right folks we'll see see we're not gonna see you but you'll hear from us very soon we'll we'll talk at you yeah. And hopefully within the next week. Oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah. And like I said in my quick update, in the meantime, you can always go visit the furry friends at your animal shelter or donate if you have the ability to donate. Please do. Please do. And, and if you want a new family friend, please don't buy a $3,000 overbred animal please go to a shelter and adopt yes i can't wait to to bring home a new dog in a couple weeks oh my god i'm so jealous i'm so excited yay 
Please also vaccinate your kids. Yes, please do. Big time. Yeah. And you should also make good choices. Or don't. Listen. (laughs) Until next time. (laughs) Bye. Bye.